0: Whoever had chosen the engagement gift had selected wine glasses in a matching carafe. Such accoutrements were unnecessary when you drink vodka. I simply used my favorite mug. I purchased it in a charity shop some years ago, and it has a photograph of a moon-faced man on one side. He's wearing a brown leather blouse. Along the top, in strange yellow font, it says Top Gear. I don't profess to understand this mug. It holds the perfect amount of vodka, however. Thereby obviating the need for frequent refills. We're doing fine,
1: I'm doing fine, I'm doing fine, we're still we're doing fine, we're doing fine, I'm doing fine, we're doing
0: fine, we're still we're doing fine. Hello and welcome to We're Doing Fine Book Club Edition. He's Robbie.
1: And she is Lisa, and this month we read Eleanor Oliphant Is Completely Fine. By Gail Honeyman.
0: Yes, we did.
1: It was it was a it was not the book I thought it was going to be.
0: Not at all. <laughs> not
1: at all in the slightest. I was expecting a story about a woman that was sort of, you know, trapped Fine, in the I dreary twenty first century lifestyle and wants to get out. That was not the story that we had at all. But no. I was hooked. Like, as soon as I started reading it properly, I could not put mm-hmm. it down. Absolutely. It was amazing. I really enjoyed it. So for anyone that hasn't listened, read it yet, you fools, it is about a woman called Eleanor Oliphant. <clears throat> mm-hmm. She works, uh, she's worked in the same, same job for like, what, 10 years? Yep. Um she's got a routine she doesn't need anybody she is completely self-sufficient and she's very proud of that fact. until she spots somebody on a night out
0: yes
1: um and we i can't really go into any more details than that without spoiling anything so go away read the book and then come back to this podcast yes if you're still listening after now then there's going to be spoilers. We are literally, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to start it with a massive spoiler. It will ruin the book for you if you haven't read it yet. Or also help because, you know, trigger warnings. Trigger warnings. But So, the book discusses some pretty...
0: It gets deep, yes, and it gets dark.
1: Horrible and quite oftentimes relatable, um, mm-hmm. What sort of topics... Um, Eleanor really struggles with depression and before we talk about the book and any of those themes we just wanted to put a note out there to say that if anyone is feeling like that you need to reach out it is super uncomfortable and it will feel really difficult Mm -hmm. but it's really important so we've got the Samaritans in the UK all you need to do is call 116 123 and you'll be put through to a counsellor who can a relate and b just listen and they'll just be able to help you and they'll be able to find the best course of action for whatever you're feeling so 100 percent. please just reach out and talk to somebody
0: yes and if you're in the u.s call 1-800-273-8255 for the national suicide hotline it could be the most important call of your life like literally
1: literally and please make it
0: please make it if you feel like you need to it's always important to talk to people
1: it really is and so today I'm um, I will talk to you about Eleanor often it's completely fine yes um I I'm just gonna start off with saying that I related to a lot of the stuff Eleanor did mm. until she took it slightly too far <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's very fair yeah
1: is that, like yeah like
0: where do you okay so I'm assuming this is all about the musician, yes,
1: the musician um the the um you know preferring to be alone, the sort mm. of resistance to help from other people, yeah the um sort of like the sort of nonchalance about her addiction, <laughs> like she's oh
0: my goodness, a- yeah,
1: actively refuses to believe she might even possibly be an alcoholic despite not being able to survive a weekend without two litres of yeah. vodka that's a lot. Yeah, and yet, so it's like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, I see it. Yeah. What, you know, there were so many times I'd be like, ha, that's so me, and then she'd do something, I'd be like. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Like, like, infatuating with a musician, absolutely being there. Stalking their mm-hmm. Twitter, 100% being there. Yeah, Gone to their gig, absolutely. Snuck mm-hmm. into their apartment building and looked to the people, mm, you've lost me there, Eleanor. Yep. It's not. It's not it's something a I would adapt. Depth
0: too far. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a couple <laughs> flights um, upstairs. Uh, <laughs> 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 too far. Um, yeah. I mean, it was good for her in some senses to have mm-hmm. her infatuation. Um, so that actually ties directly into a question from Callum. Let's get right into it. How did you feel about Eleanor's infatuation with the musician?
1: I totally I totally related it i totally got it oh my um, gosh like
0: it's been a minute since i've like had hard feelings for like a celebrity but like middle school me obsessed with gerard way <laughs> watching but, all of his interviews over and over
1: but i think that's also slightly like different because it's like this person was like there in person, you know, like mm-hmm. she met him in Tesco, you know. Yeah. It's like even when, when at the end, I told you we're going straight to spoilers in this episode. At yeah. the end, when she's at her therapist and she mentions the musician, and the, she, the the therapist is like, is he famous? No, he's local. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: He's local. So it, it's like it's almost like you could almost understand it if there was an infatuation with a celebrity because there's you know pedestals and stuff. But yeah. She legit assumed, like, she had a whole life in her head, this man, yeah.
0: I mean, everyone to, for, like, at some point, sees or meets someone, and you're like, or even, like, just on Tinder, you start talking to someone, and you're just like, hmm.
1: How does their surname work with my first name? (laughs) (laughs) I need your surname for my phone contact book, obviously, not for any... Ominous purposes, I'm definitely not going to scribble it in a notebook with a heart around it at all. <laughs> no, um, But yeah, I also just love how like she didn't give a fuck what yeah. other people were saying. Like when the people at her work were laughing about her and she just like didn't care. Mm-hmm. Now, did she not care or did she tell herself she didn't care? Because I think a lot of the narration is actually her mother. Like when it comes yeah. out that she can't actually... <clears throat> differentiate her thought process yeah. to what she thinks her mom would say, and at the end when she says that she actually prefers her voice in her head than her mom's, it's lovely. And so, like, it made at the end of the book, I was like, oh my god, like, how much of this book do I believe now?
0: Yeah, she is a very unreliable narrator because, like, she does at some point when her coworkers are not like laughing at her, she's like, I don't blame them, I would too. Yeah, like, mm, that was your mother.
1: <clears throat> yeah, like looking yeah. back,
0: you're like, hmm. Yeah. Honey, no. This this is coping mechanism upon coping mechanism cool. upon coping yeah. mechanism.
1: Literally, yeah. While we're talking about her mother, I'm so yes. sorry. Oh no, you're good. How shook were you when you found out that phone calls weren't real?
0: Wait, they weren't?
1: Oh my, what? How did you miss what? that bit? How did you miss that bit? Her mum died in the fire with her with her sister. Fuck! Fuck! <laughs> What? (laughs) Oh my god, where is it? It's the the,
0: That must have been while I was washing my face. Fuck. I was um, listening to the audiobook.
1: Of course. So um, Raymond reads her the the um, the the newspaper thing and then she says, Dr. Temple and I are going to keep talking about all of it. Marianne's death, how mummy died too and why I pretended for all those years that she was still there still talking to me. And oh I was my like,
0: oh God, I literally <laughs> missed that line. Fuck.
1: Oh, it's so dramatic. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But then it made me so upset because like, imagine, imagine forcing yourself to hear those conversations. They're not yeah. even real. You're creating them and you're, oh, oh, my heart breaks for her.
0: Fuck. That was a huge plot point that I just completely missed. Just
1: completely missed that right there.
0: Yeah, don't wash your face while listening to audiobooks, y'all.
1: <laughs> I mean, I can't talk. You know, I've missed many a book. I had Lisa, like, be like, what did you think of this bit? i will be like, well, but that didn't happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, but did. at least they weren't major plot points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like small conversations.
1: Yes, yeah, it's true. Try to make you feel better, Lisa. Thank you. I appreciate it,
0: but I won't let you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um right sorry we have more questions yeah how about this
0: one from callum i think this one ties in quite nicely uh do we think eleanor is lonely or simply alone and is there a difference i will say i think for the beginning she makes it seem as though she is simply alone but like with all of that new information i got no she is incredibly (laughs) lonely
1: but i think i don't I, I think possibly it's a bit of both i think she's quite comfortable being alone but as soon as she starts to open herself up as soon as mm-hmm. raymond sort of forces her into being social yeah. um she starts to realize that actually maybe she doesn't like being on her own as much as she thought she did yeah um and i think the um I think that sort of... Do you know what I love? I'm sorry. I think we've got a question about this. Yeah, Chris sent a question in about it. Um, Mm -hmm. About... um, So Chris has said, do you think getting a cat earlier would have helped Eleanor? Was she not ready for it? And I don't think she was ready for it yet. I think she had to fully understand Mm -hmm. how much... Like, you know, it's discussed at the end where she chose that responsibility. If she'd been given a cat at the start of the book, the cat would have been fucked at the window. Yeah. For a bottle of vodka, like it she just would not have she wouldn't have cared about it because she as yeah. you know she she, she didn't would have even thought
0: care for herself, like
1: yeah, or I mean she cared for herself as so much as she kept herself alive, <laughs> you know, yeah. like she'd always say I kept my nails clean, my mm-hmm. I've got my the clothes that I need to wear, blah blah blah, and um, but I love that I do think it's important I, I yeah so I don't think it would have helped her, if I think she wasn't ready, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think Gail Honeyman is a very, very clever author where instead of making Eleanor fall in love with Raymond and living happily ever after, mm-hmm. she gave her a cat and the determination to continue with therapy.
0: Yes. And if
1: that isn't, like, the best ending It's the most to...
0: realistic ending. Yeah.
1: But even just, like, for, for anyone reading that book... And thinking, wait, I don't need to find a man to be happy. I can just go to therapy and (laughs) get a cat. Like, yes, those are realistic goals. We don't need somebody. Like, obviously, she's got Raymond. Obviously, I do think something's going to happen, possibly in a Mm. sequel. But I just love that it didn't end on that. It didn't end on her being swept into Raymond's arms and being told, I've got you now, don't you worry. No, Eleanor's got herself. Eleanor Olven is completely fine. Yeah. I mean she's not completely fine but she's good. She's good. She's,
0: she's working good. towards it. Like she's doing fine. She's thing. doing her best and she's thriving and like
1: Exactly.
0: Honestly, it wouldn't have been a great idea for her to be on the self-discovery journey and then jump right into her first real I like she had a incredibly intense relationship, yeah. yeah. And yeah. like being in the first time like when someone is being like good and kind to you Mm-hmm. being in that point where like you've just started therapy and you're really working on yourself is not the best time to entangle your entire life with someone else
1: yeah there's a bit in the book that I absolutely it broke my heart when she was like uh, talking to Raymond at the, at the wedding I think mm-hmm. or is it when they're outside at um, the 40th party and um, she says uh, being alone is a lot better than being beaten up or raped
0: yeah. And then,
1: and then, um, and Raymond was like, you know, that's not your only options. Yeah. And and she says, I know, but I genuinely think she just says that to make him less uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Not entirely convinced she did know that at the time.
0: No, exactly. Like she, at least she didn't believe it for herself, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I 100% cried when she got the cat.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh.
1: It was when she was like
0: burns just like she had and Yeah.
1: Oh and and when she like threw up when he told her, I was like, ah no. Yeah. Oh
0: my goodness. I didn't like when she went to the when she went to that gig and the smoke, like (gasps) even the fake smoke, like that had never been something that I would have considered, right? As a trigger,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I was just like, Holy shit.
1: But it's like when she's like, It's when she's trying to convince herself that it's not a fire because she's like, Mm -hmm. he was coughing, but that's just a a mental trick because fake smoke doesn't trigger anything in your lungs. Like, she knows Mm -hmm. that it's not real. And then the screaming and then the smoke around her just doesn't help. Mm -hmm. God, it was horrible. It was horrible to read. Yeah. Like, hearing somebody in such distress that was really, really uncomfortable to read.
0: And then, like, from that and you go straight to the bad days... That was such... Yeah. Like, just a mood change. Like, that was just such a switch, and I was just like, fuck.
1: Mm-hmm. We're
0: in it. Fuck.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> it's when it, she just wakes up under the table, and I was like, the fuck has happened?
0: Like, I had worried... I, I was, like, honestly worried that she had been assaulted again, and I was just like, what? No, mm. what?
1: Yeah. I don't know if it... Like, I think it. it's really impactful that... It was her own realization that triggered it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Like it just, it just goes to, um, what's the word, um, sort of, not solidify, but like, highlight how powerful people's thoughts can be, yeah, and how like o- obviously physical things that happen to you in the world can be really, um, you know, triggering and up- upsetting and can you know just ruin your mental health completely. But it's also really good to remember that, that your own thoughts can do almost just as much damage. Yeah. And so just to like, you know, I'm not going to advocate mindfulness, but definitely like try and keep a positive and un- understanding attitude whenever you're sort of self-reflecting anything. Obviously, Eleanor was not set up for that. She had a really bad childhood. She mm-hmm. was never taught any of those methods. But just goes to show that. Yeah. Sorry, I keep getting sidetracked on all of my thoughts, but we have listener no, it's questions. All good. Lisa's just like, Robbie actually read a book this time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely, that's not <clears throat> what I'm thinking. You're good.
1: Um, oh, Elsa had a question that was quite similar to what we were just talking about, um, okay. where she, she shared the quote that said, that's the thing, it's best just to take care of yourself. And she's asked if, if we think there's any truth in that sort of sentiment. I do... Th- I mean- I think foundationally I think yes you should always have a sort of sense of self-preservation but not not to the extent where you like cut off people you should still accept help when it's there but also understand that there is going to be points in your life where people either don't want to or just simply can't help you and at that point you need to be able to have the tools and the the strength to help yourself Um, but as we said at the start of this episode the good news is that there are people out there that that will help you if you can, if you don't have that strength, or you don't Mm -hmm. have that thought process at the time, because sometimes we just can't... Like just the
0: mental toolkit.
1: Exactly. You can call the numbers that we've mentioned at the start of this podcast, and we will include them in the notes on this, on the track on Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening to it. So we've made it super easy. It will be a really difficult thing, but you can just copy and paste it and enter that into your phone. And just, yeah. As Lisa said, have the most important phone call, really.
0: But Um, yeah, no, I think it is, I think, like, it is important to take care of yourself. Like, it is important just to, like, make sure, like, even if it's not just about, like, you know, going to therapy or getting that toolkit, you have to take care of yourself first. And, like, I think we almost, I think we almost, like take that a little too far these days where it's like if you don't want to go to a party with your friends even though you said it was like you do you girl, like you take care of yourself first. And I'm like, no, no, let them know. Like
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like if you actually can't, don't do it. But like take like take care of yourself, but also be kind to others.
1: I also am like, you know I think the whole self reservation thing speaks to like It's not quite related, but I absolutely hate the, like, I've seen a lot of them just now where it's like, um, as we're coming out of this lockdown, remember the friends that were actually there for you, that actually checked in on you, that actually texted you back. And it's like, we were all in, like, the most traumatic experience, you know, as a global event that humanity will probably experience. Now is not the time to hold your friends to standards. Like we're all going through it. And I think that's when this comes into play of being able to look after yourself because, you know, your friend might also be going through a pretty shit time. Yeah. And, you know, just, yeah.
0: You never know what other people are dealing with.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like, it is important
0: to take care of yourself, but it's also important to be understanding of other people's journeys.
1: Exactly. Because if we're all looking after ourselves, then no one will talk. Yeah. It's not I good. would
0: have zero friends.
1: <laughs> you have friends? Uh, I, I know. You, just I you. think you just have co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Rude. Oh, my God. Well, uh, Lisa has reminded me with a very bad Scottish accent that <laughs> J- Jenna has sent us in a question.
0: Yes.
1: Um, Jenna has asked, uh, why does everyone call Eleanor Hen?" I'm assuming it's not referring to the bird is it well Jenna
0: <laughs> this one cracked me up because like I see both sides because the first time I was in Scotland I was like uh what
1: <laughs> yeah um I think it is to do with birds I think because you know like like in Scotland uh, I'm gonna say most majority west coast men will refer to their girlfriends as their bird and yeah. um, and hen is just as largely affectionate I've I don't think I've ever heard it be said, like, in a nasty way. But it's, you know, it's just a, a you know, it's like, um, mate or pal. You know, all right, yeah. hen?
0: It's kind of like how, like, people also use, like, the term love over there, right? Like,
1: yeah, like love, pet, t- like, hen, yeah. all the same thing.
0: Like, first time I heard that was from a barista, and I was like, what?
1: Was it in Glasgow?
0: It was actually in London, in the in Heathrow, and they were like, what would you like for coffee, love? And I was just like, oh. Oh, love. Mr. I thought you meant London.
1: hen. Right, okay. okay
0: no. For hen, it was for sure in, like, Scotland. But, like, yeah. also bachelorette parties are over there are referred to as hen parties.
1: Hen parties, yeah. Is
0: there a male counterpart? Do they call them cock parties? Stagdoos. Oh. What? Yeah. Stag-dos. Stag-dos? Stag Stagdoos? Stag. Stag. A okay, like, like male parties. deer. Why do men get to be deers? They get to be quadrupeds. The <laughs>
1: fuck. Sorry. Well, what is you? What would your hen party be called?
0: A bachelorette party.
1: Oh Jesus, that's a lot of words.
0: It's just two. It's the same amount of words. It's just a lot more syllables.
1: And is it like bachelor party?
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: No, but like. <laughs> Uh, do they not say that in like American sitcoms? Like, if if the men are just going to prom on their own, they'll be going stag.
0: Yeah, they'll. Yeah, that just means like going on your own. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's, so that's what a stag does when it's just the men before one of them gets married. It's fair. Lisa well, looks think, so like... unimpressed. She's like men are shit.
0: Like, okay, <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, sure, whatever.
1: <laughs> um, got very distracted there, uh, but yes, no. um... Hen is just an affectionate term for. I, I want to say like, not older women, but like <clears throat> I can't, I can't think of a time when somebody's ever called like a young woman hen, as in like mm. eighteen and younger. Like I don't, I'm not saying that oh, Eleanor's okay. old by any chance.
0: Are they
1: chickens? Um, um, I mean, yeah, I've heard people say like, all right, check, but I think that might just be, I don't know, uh, but yeah, like. <clears throat> it's also usually said by like the older generations so like mm. um, I had um, I had. so my mum had a friend um, and she would always, whenever she met my mum she'd go, alright hen, alright hen <laughs> and my mum being the very posh Edinburgh girl that she is would be like hey, thank you,
0: I'm fine <laughs> Oh Lorraine
1: <laughs> It's funny
0: I'm sure she'd approve a bachelorette over hen party.
1: Oh no, I fucking loves a hen party, she does, so, so she does.
0: <laughs> I don't think you ever sounded more Scottish than right then.
1: Yeah. I, d- I loved the bits where, and obviously it's all imagined in her head, but when her mum oh, on the phone call really is putting Scottish. on the accent. Yeah, so i see if I can that find one That was so to fun read. to listen to. Oh, oh, of course.
0: Because they put on that the like very Glaswegian accent.
1: Yeah, Uh, let's see if I can find one to read. Was a bit with the movie.
0: Oh yeah, I'm talking to my Wayne. (laughs) That sounds really weird in an American accent, but I'm not going to attempt to do it in Scottish.
1: Oh, here goes. No, I fucking didn't. I said "Sex in the City 2. I, I did. I thought we were taking a vote. (laughs) Eh, again? Oh, for fuck's sake! Love, I love it. it so much. Oh, and Who then would and then the built
0: for Sex in the City too.
1: And then the bit where where, where she goes, um, oh yeah, I'm coming. Didn't he start without me? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I loved it so much.
0: Did Did Sorry. they write it out like phonetically, yeah. like Scottish yeah. Twitter?
1: Yeah, like I was a h for ah. Ah, didn't <laughs> I. I didn't say that?
0: Really? I usually feel like it's A-E for did What? Like when they spell out did and like most things, it's usually D-I-D-N-E-A.
1: E-A? No, it's N-A-E for did Oh,
0: yeah. No, yeah say, I got them mixed up. I... That, okay.
1: Oh, are you confused when I said A-H? Yeah. Oh, no, that's for the letter I for I. So oh. I I didn't becomes I didn't. me okay. Yeah. So this podcast has become a lesson in Glaswegian.
0: <laughs> if you ever Love want that, that read how late it is how late.
1: Oh. So don't, don't read
0: that. Don't read don't, don't read how late it don't, is how late.
1: Don't do it to yourself. You don't deserve that.
0: <laughs> uh. Well, this is a good question from Amy.
1: Oh, what's she saying?
0: How do you think you would have treated Eleanor if she had been your colleague?
1: I don't think I would have bullied her like they were.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think I would have bullied. I don't think I would have interacted either.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would have just been like, you know what, this woman likes to be left on her own. And that's totally Mm -hmm. fine. Honestly,
0: I probably would have just assumed she hated me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I get very
0: anxious and nervous about things. And I'm like, if someone like barely acknowledges like, if, if people, like, ignore me after I try to talk to them, I'm like, they hate me. That's it. They hate me. Yeah. So I would have no, just I, assumed I, that she hated me, and I've been like, why?
1: Yeah, what did I do?
0: I want to be everyone's friend.
1: <laughs>
0: but that's my own anxious disorder that's talking. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah. I think she would have been a really difficult person to be friends with. Like, I won't lie, Raymond's perseverance baffled me.
0: Oh my goodness, right?
1: The man is a saint. <laughs> Can we also just, I feel I feel bad because we've not touched on her, but his mom is adorable and oh I love gosh, her so much. Mom, her so her house just reminded me of my Nana's. Aww. Literally, like, and it was such a brief description, but in my head I just instantly saw my Nana's house and I was like, yes, that's oh, it. that's
0: perfect. Yeah, no, like, let's talk about Raymond for a hot minute. He is just the sweetest man. The he's a bit sweetest. disheveled and like.
1: He just, I think, I think that's the thing is he's so similar to to Eleanor. He like he doesn't yeah. care. He's got clothes that keep him warm, and he's got a job that pays the bills. Other than that, he doesn't care. But he's still very sociable. Like he's like he's like what. I'm not I don't mean this in the worst part but he is what Eleanor will hopefully become i.e. Yeah. she doesn't need to give a fuck about what other people think that's no problem but she can be social and have friends mm-hmm. so that's exciting
0: yeah oh Raymond speaking of Eleanor and Raven Raymond Raven, Raymond what did you think of Eleanor and Raymond's relationship where do you think they'll be in five years this question comes from Chris thank you Chris
1: I don't care. Yeah. Honestly, I I just loved that he was there for her when she needed it. Whether they're just friends, whether they you know become a relationship, I'm not. I'm not stressed too much about it because they were perfect for what they had to be at the time. Yeah. Um, now, if there's a sequel, I will probably buy it and read it because I want to find out what's happened. But I kind
0: of like that they left it open ended. Like there's the possibility of something more developing that like there doesn't need to be more.
1: Yeah, yeah, like the end and fit this story. now if yeah. there was a sequel and a different story, then yes, I would love to see <laughs> how that. really added.
0: hoping for that sequel.
1: I'm pretty sure I've seen one of them. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm oh, confusing it not? with the Rosie project. Yeah. We have one last question mm-hmm. from Alex and he said why do you think Eleanor is the way she is? Do we think it's a result of nature or nurture? Because I think they discuss it in the book, don't they, when she's our therapist, they discuss nature versus nurture. Yeah. But I I mean, what are your thoughts on it?
0: I mean, I think a large amount of it is nurture, just because she grew up in such a toxic household. But like obviously some of it has to be nature, like even if she um, was young, she would have tried to seek out other relationships at some point, whether it was with foster, like, foster family or with, like, kids at school.
1: Yeah, but then I think, like, you know, they spent so... Like, she discusses it where, like, they made such a big deal about her, um, you know, not being allowed money or having to look after that money and, mm-hmm. um, you know, not being a burden and making sure... Yeah, I just... I feel like a lot of it is probably nurture, where she was... Yeah. Was raised by these really terrible people to be told you shouldn't impact anyone else's life. Yeah, and you so, should be
0: grateful for what you have and don't make yourself a burden,
1: right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, I think I think you're right. I think there's definitely so, probably a blend of it. Um, mm-hmm. but I think n- nurture probably definitely didn't help the situation because I think no, nurture, nurture could have counteracted any sort mm-hmm. of antisocial tendencies
0: she within had, yeah. her
1: nature. But yeah, because I think introvert and extrovert are probably parts of your mm-hmm. personality that you're probably born with. But could that be... Could you be taught... Could, could Eleanor have been taught coping mechanisms for when socializing gets too much for her? Possibly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Though it was interesting because she was worried about like her... She was worried about, like, her mother's cruelty being born into her via genetics. Like,
1: oh, yeah, that's I just can't shame. even imagine. The absolute fear.
0: I mean, we all fear becoming our parents, but not <laughs> quite to that degree.
1: Yeah, it's a whole different level, isn't it?
0: hmm
1: Oh Well, that's it for listener questions.
0: Yes, and now I have a question for you, Robbie. Yes. Whomst was your favorite character? Raymond. Yeah. Raymond's
1: mom. Raymond's mom.
0: Okay. Raymond's my favorite.
1: Who was your favorite? Oh, Raymond was your favorite
0: yeah.
1: character. That's good. Um, rates, what do you think?
0: Honestly, it's five. I wasn't Same. expecting, I wasn't expecting to like it so much.
1: Yeah. I think if it had been the story I was expecting, it probably would have been a three or a four. But yeah. I think, and yeah, I think the, the the, the story that i got out of not expecting it a five 100 mm-hmm. percent, yeah
0: oh my gosh and like with the sister i was not expecting <gasps> like oh like there was a like yeah. you slowly had to like piece together like it what was happened well, and like
1: very well done yeah yeah
0: like i pieced it together way before like it all came out but like i mean minus the mom being dead part
1: <laughs> yeah you missed that bit
0: Missed miss that major plot point. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was just brilliant.
1: It was. It really was. I mean, yeah, so that's it for Eleanor Oliphant. is completely fine. Thank you, mm-hmm. Gil Honeyman, for writing such a fantastic book. Yes. Um, Lisa, do you want to announce what the new book club is? Or can you not remember the long title? Because I've just got it I can't remember the up.
0: long title, so I'm going to let okay. you do it. Thank you for <laughs> giving me that option.
1: <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> um, so, uh, dear listeners, I am very excited because this is a book that I have had on my to be read pile for years. Mm-hmm. Um, our next book club is going to be for the month of May. We will be reading. Brrrr. General. <laughs> the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society by Mary Ann Schaffer and Annie Barrows. Nice, And I'm excited because there's a really good film out that uh, I haven't watched yet because I wait to read the book, so I'm excited to read it. It
0: keeps getting suggested to me on Netflix and I'm like, I can't!
1: <laughs> not yet! I've not read it! Watch it after May. <laughs> yes. So, yes, as usual, guys, um, please join us for this book club. And until next month? Yes. Excellent. That's until next month. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) Until next (laughs) month, everybody. Keep Keep reading reading fine.